0: 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. Well, the big day has finally arrived. It is hard to believe. Today is Wednesday. It is August 24th, and early voting has started. Early voting is underway for the September 13th primary, meaning that if you get a mail ballot application, your campaign, your whoever, the unions, anyone, you can start putting ballots into drop boxes Starting today, and they're counted in real time. So it's actually like a form of early voting, and polls are open. Well, the polls aren't open because primary day is September 13th. Let's just be very clear a lot of states don't do this. I think it's wrong. I think it takes away, it's harder for the candidates. There's still a, a big debate coming. Uh, we still haven't seen everyone just in the Democrat primary for governor that's not happening until less than or right around a week before the election that's supposed to happen on tuesday night september 6th the primary is the following tuesday the 13th but but right now today you could go in you could drop them the mail ballots early voting is underway i want to be very clear this is not it's not good for the voters it's not fair to i don't think it's fair to the candidates um and i'm going to stay with my prediction which is this is is going to be what i really want to see is when this is completed and of course it will take them a little while but how many people vote prior to election day now as we know or maybe you don't know but if we go back to 2020 65 percent of the people that voted or 65 percent voted before november election day which of course the big race was president uh, trump against biden so it was 65 35 percent of the people like me maybe you voted on election day at the polls now people said it's because of covid however now because it's even this much earlier that you can vote i am sticking with i believe on Election Day, I think the polls are going to be very quiet. On Primary Day now, September 13th, it's going to be very, very quiet. Everyone seems mystified in the media about what will, like, this is an odd election cycle. And we're the big campaigns. We're the big issues. We're the big ideas. It's all now, as I've told you, and I'm not trying to be a broken record here, folks, would will be redundant. It's all about uh, basically just collecting ballots. That's what it comes down to collecting ballots. So, when you have that situation, and you know, COVID becomes the new out. So, Governor McKee this week is off the campaign trail because he has COVID, I believe. Was it a faulty test? Does he really have it? Is he just taking a couple days off, recharge the batteries before the final stretch? He has all the endorsements, he's made promises with all the unions. Going to be a very cost costly endorsements. Just talking about the governor's face. The campaign, I'm not going to say I feel bad for them, but the campaign that right now just seems lost is the folks' campaign. And I don't say that with any joy, because she's very accomplished. Um and when I've met her, she's obviously very, you know, very uh personable and very dynamic. And she seems to be finding her way, but they they really seem to have struggled on how to position her in this campaign now when she announced last fall i wrote on the website to petro.com and by the way just to digress for a moment it was a terrible fight last night in oakland beach in warwick i did i was able to get a hold of the video it's um it's atrocious you know not a lot of people playing baseball but boy the baseball bats are out i mean there was the video the other night Of uh in Warwick where someone was beaten and didn't press charges, so then there's something odd about that. And then again last night, uh I I believe the person is in the hospital in very serious condition, struck in the head with an aluminum baseball bat. So, you know, that's but here here's what when you have violent individuals, and I know I'm digressing a little bit, but all the focus is on guns, and that's true, because someone with a gun, I don't care what any of the Second Amendment people say listen it doesn't take a lot if you can pull a trigger so there's a big difference between you know what used to be fist fights and then move into a knife fight and now you know when they use a weapon and and i totally get by the way the need more than ever that people have a right to defend themselves uh i found myself a week ago calling 911 first being disconnected and then waiting for the police to arrive and I was relatively pretty close to the police station and then people watching the live stream and everything. And if you didn't see it, I mean, you can go to the website, topetro.com. We have all the video there, I've put up comments about it, I'm ready to move on from talking about it. Um, the criminal case, that will take care of itself. But but all of this talk. Now, again, there's a huge difference. Someone has a handgun and they could stand there and shoot multiple people. And then the more powerful weapon they have, they can do that but as we're seeing you you can kill someone with a baseball bat you can kill someone stab someone to death or or at the very least gravely wound them you know um everything doesn't have to result in in death for there to be terrible damage there are people that lose eyes that they limp they're never the same they have terrible head trauma damage um there's uh, several years ago the providence journal did a uh, series the cost of a bullet and it focused on the the cost of people that were in providence i primarily believe it was providence could have been like a patucket but the, the the cost and the end result of they weren't killed when they were shot but just now they need A wheelchair or they need some kind of assistance or they're still not they're certainly not back to 100 percent. you know their their quality of life has been gravely impacted so there's a lot of different ways you know i think that's always the untold story there was the story of the couple that they weren't killed at the boston marathon bombing they weren't killed there was this piece about them several years ago but how their life changed the daily medications they had to deal with the fact they could no longer drive had to take the bus to get anywhere how long it took them just to get ready in the morning and when i just what i really remember was it was a couple a couple married couple i believe they're married that that the the amount of medications they had to take on a daily basis to control the pain and everything else would um was jaw-dropping and they each had their own draw of you know medications that they needed so my point is you know we have a problem with violent people out there. We we have a uh, the, it, part. It's the pandemic. Part of it is, you know, with judges in Rhode Island, uh, it it also then comes down to that. A lot of the people at the state house are very progressive. They don't believe in long-term jail sentences. They um, and instead, they you know just that's who approves the judges. So it's all coming out of the same funnel. You know, if I, I said to you right now uh, on this Wednesday, when's the last time you remember hearing that people were very upset that a judge gave an excessive sentence? It doesn't even happen anymore. You know, in other states, there's still, you know, we've come a long way from they call like the hanging judge or someone who's like an iron. There was one judge, Iron John. I, I think Judge Krause was known. Pretty stiff sentences with, with gun crimes. When's the last time you heard that? When's the last time? That you remember putting in the news and seeing family members of the person that was just sentenced standing outside a court saying boy that was unfair the judge threw the book at them no it's always the opposite right it's always the family of the victims standing outside of court um talking about they can't believe that someone's already out or gonna slap on the wrist or a light sentence but Rhode Island really is a long way to go. And I'll also say this. Now, last night was the Providence-Mayoral debate. Three Democrats, all basically, all cut from the same cloth. It's like they're nuancing where they're different than the rest of, or different from each other. Um, what, what would be so dramatic, and it's too bad you don't have it, but if you ever had an independent or Republican candidate running for mayor of Providence, and said, let me, let me explain something. The schools are broken. OK, we're going to rip up the contract of the teachers union. We're going to charter schools. We're going to close some of the we what the the school system is completely broken and controlled by special interest. It's not geared for the students. It's geared for the adults that work in the schools. So number one, we turn that up. Number two, we're going to put 300, 200, 300 more police on the street and we're going to wage war. We're not going to have panhandlers anymore. No more panhandling. You don't have to have that. That's loitering. No more of this. No more panhandling at the corner. No more of these people just roaming around downtown. We're going to make it safe. We're getting rid of the graffiti. We are absolutely going to transform this city and make it safe, make it clean. People have to feel comfortable coming in. We're waging war against the criminals. We're not going to have all the homeless and panhandlers roaming all over the place. We're going to put a homeless shelter, boom, somewhere else. Not at the outskirts of downtown. You want to stay there? Crossroads? kick them out of where they are bury them way in the deep of somewhere even i don't care if it's an industrial area but you're not going to be right there at the tip of downtown where crossroads it could be a nice hotel nope we quality of life is going to turn around that's and instead they're all dancing around the issues all right it's wednesday folks early voting is underway it's crazy we're going to talk about it dan mcgowan at the boston global joins me right here on the john DiPietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. Diagnostic treatment service. AtMed Urgent Urgent care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost efficient health care alternative to hospital based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk in routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear. Antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to Atmed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net We go until two. It's AM 1380, 99.95. You can always listen online at the website, tweetro.com. Joining us right now, he is the columnist with the Boston Globe, mainly focused on Rhode Island. But is our friend Dan McGowan. And Dan, last night, uh, I'll tell you, it was actually nice to see a debate again <laughs> since <laughs> during COVID, I don't know, it just seemed restricted a little bit. But uh, Channel 12, your former colleagues, uh, they opted for, because they, you know, a lot went into those PPAC debates, but they have a beautiful studio, they a great setup, uh, easily contained. And folks in Roadmap today, Dan McGowan has some takeaways I'm anxious to hear, as someone that has covered Providence for a long time, your thoughts on last night's debate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that any voter last night changed their minds about how this race is, you know, is playing out. There was no moment in that debate where any of the three candidates, I think, you know, broke out where you said, oh my God, that person is clearly the best choice. Um, You know, to me, it looked like, uh, You know, the the status quo remains that Brett Smiley with the money and the organization, I think, came out for the most part unscathed. Now, I think, you know, he did have to answer a few questions about, um, you know, the, the ethics violation or, or, you know, fine that he had to pay pretty large fine. And that's something I think you're going to see going to pop up in these final weeks. The problem that these other candidates have, Gonzalo Cuervo and Nerville of Fortune, is they're just so under-resourced heading into these final weeks that it's really difficult to kind of try to, you know, uh, after a very quiet, let's say, year of campaigning, to at the last minute change everybody's mind and say, you know, Brett Smiley is the unethical one and we're kind of the clean in uh, you know, the clean candidates in this race, so I don't think very much changed. Um, I think what you saw is, you know, and I wrote this in roadmap today. You yep. have a bunch of candidates who are all generally the same, you know, have the same views of the world. Yep. Um, it, it, and I think what's what's interesting in covering them is they all have different kind of cases to make. I think Smiley kind of paints himself as the most competent one, the one the person ready. Uh, I think Cuervo's the kind of the if you love pr- being a progressive, Cuervo's your choice. Um, mm-hmm. I think of Fortune has the best story, best life story, but you really didn't see that on display during the debate last night. Dan
0: McGowan, I, I watched some of it. Uh, frankly, it's exactly what you just said. They're all kind of all preaching from you know the same pew or whatever the expression is. But you know, you I, I just saw th- what an opportunity there is if there was someone and Providence just doesn't have it, but someone that truly had, like an Andrew Yang, someone that truly had some different concept ideas. I mean, you and I both know the, the fact that they're talking about, like, we have to stay the course with the schools. The, the schools are, there was no talk about how the teachers unions just are so powerful. There was no talk about more charter schools. The schools are a disaster. I, I just, I think there's a real opportunity. It's too bad. I mean, it's not happening in this election cycle. But if someone came in and truly had some transformational ideas we're going to do you know this with the police department and we're going to do get rid of the ATVs or just something almost just different than what we saw i i just think at the very least it'd be tremendous contrast
1: i i completely agree i mean here's the thing about those these candidates you know they're they're all playing it very safe in this race. And what does that mean? It means that to me, you know, if we, if we would agree that Brett Smiley has kind of been the favorite the whole way, nothing necessarily changes from that, but you're right. I think a lot of people turn on the debate last night, if you're a Providence voter or if you're somebody who's just, you know, kind of interested in local politics, you want to know, okay, who, you know, what's going on in in Providence, you turn that debate on and you, and you kind of say to yourself, God, is there anyone else out there? Because yeah. and, and the answer to, is very clearly no. Right, there are. This is it. There's no there. There's no Republican opponent. There's no independent in this race. So. You know, you, you kind of get what, you know, what, what you have for these three candidates um, and you're not seeing it. You know, the, the my, my chief kind of criticism of, of Brett Smiley in particular, because, again, you know, I think he's established himself as somewhat of the favorite is he, he's just running out the clock on this race. Yeah. He just doesn't want to step in. I mean, even when he was getting criticized about you know this this ethics fine that he paid you know he very much stuck to the script he didn't want to engage he wasn't going to go after his his other opponents now that may be a very smart electoral strategy but you know if you're turning in there was no you know big dipper little dipper line there's nothing memorable about last night's debate and and that's not you know to fault the guys at channel 12 they all did a nice job there's just nothing that came out of this. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't feed them lines if they don't have them in them.
0: I think, um, I, I just I, and and I'm obviously fascinated by Providence. I've lived in Providence. Both my parents were from Providence, but it, I, I just that day ago. And If you're not paying attention, put it on. You got to think like, so this is it. This is the selection. I mean, say which one about Cienci, but there was, you know, there was enthusiasm, and we're going to partner with the restaurants and. Cicilline had the theme of we're going to end the corruption, and I, I don't know. I also I saw on Twitter that I guess she now works with Smiley. Emily Ward was saying to Ted Nisi that, "Well, you know, we think that the mayor of Providence is the biggest job in Rhode Island, even bigger than governor." I I don't think that's true at all. And if anything, because of recent developments in recent years, there's many people that frankly don't go to Providence anymore because they've kind of been frightened. And you see all of these suburban eateries that are open there's 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 a lot of people that in the past maybe they would have gone to the hill on a friday saturday night but you know garden city is booming main street east greenwich is booming uh different other parts of the state are booming. I, I think Providence has lost a lot of luster.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, here's the, the other part of this that I, I think as a, you know, having covered the city for a really long time, there was definitely a stretch of my, of my career where I would have said, you know, Providence, the world revolves around Providence. I think, to your point, not just what has happened, you know, when it comes to, you know, concerns about crime or just kind of the desolate downtown, even more than that, You know the the state has clipped its wings, the city's wings in a lot of ways. You take over the school system, you take over, you know, the development of the 195 land. I mean, Gina Raimondo got all the credit for anything that happened in Providence for you know six and a half, seven years. Um, and so, you know, you have the situation now in Providence where it is, you, you know, you've had a mayor who, you know, the, the mayor, the current mayor, Lorza, may be, you know, somewhat popular in the city, but he's not popular outside of the city. It's why he didn't run for governor. And I think you do have, you know, kind of this concern that Providence is a little bit of, you know, the JV compared to, let's say, the varsity at the state level of, you know, the, the governor. Um, when you don't have a very kind of charismatic, Right, um, mayor, you really struggle with that, and and, and, you know, it's not just you know, a uh, you don't just need Buddy Sansi to be the mayor. I mean, look, you you were there and covered David Cicilline for a long time, whatever you think of David Cicilline, the guy did have the charisma, he worked really hard, he was for the most part popular there, and he was everywhere. You don't see the same kind of, uh, you know, you don't see that with Mara Lorza, And it doesn't appear as though you're going to see that from these three candidates uh, right now.
0: And Dan McGowan, I think what we saw last night, it just just seems like status quo. None of the three would really do anything different. The schools should be a major focal point. You go back to when the Raimondo team were pitching GE, And she admittedly said, you know, one of the things is their people said, we want to live in the capital city, but we want to send our kids to public schools. And they were saying, oh, great, live in Providence, send your kids to Moses Brown or Lincoln School. And Helena Folk saying that running CBS, a lot of her executives would say, I think I'm going to live in Massachusetts because they have better public schools and just commute to Rhode Island. You don't hear anyone address that. I look at it as just the power of the teachers union. But Dan McGough, what about – Gonzalo Cuervo, with his whole thing, he's going to get rid of trigs and, and build a brand new community. I, now, maybe I missed that, but I, I mean, that's pretty dramatic. That's, that's definitely different. I certainly wouldn't agree with it, but I, I don't unless I missed it, was that a focal point at all last night? Zero. And and that's Zero? the thing
1: is, you know, he floated <laughs> that I, when he when he announced uh I, I wrote a column about it and he, you know, yeah, he he very clearly said, look, I think we should take Trig, sell it, turn it into essentially apartments, create a, a basically a sixteenth neighborhood yeah. um in the city in some ways uh and, and and yeah you're not hearing that at all you're not hearing that bold vision on anything again you're right i mean the thing that listeners probably have to understand is you, you and i aren't saying they should we should uh, you know always agree with everything they want to do but how about just showing us a plan i mean yeah. right? ciansi wanted to you know change the waterfront and turn it yeah. into kind of a you know condos it, the, that's controversial and may not have been the right idea but it was an idea at yeah. least uh, you're you're not seeing this at all you know Gonzalo Cuervo has um, has gotten a lot of attention in the last week or two because he wants to you know implement some rent control type thing where right. you you'd cap the rent increases every year oh right, it's a popular idea and it's something that's probably worth merit but it's not quite the big idea that you're kind of hoping you know a charismatic man I think. That, you know would w- would offer, and I think the challenge too is you know w- w- you and I talk about this almost every week. You look at the all of these races collectively, and it's just it's very lowest common denominator. It's it's like everyone's going through the motions, and that's trickling right down to Providence. This is an election where God, if there was one candidate, I don't care what they're running for, who really could kind of you know inject some energy into the cycle, I think they'd get all the attention in the world. You're just not seeing it anywhere. They don't, the most interesting race in rhode island right now might be the treasurer's race yeah uh which is insane because none of us even know what the treasurer does no
0: no that's a very good point folks quick break much more ahead Dan mcgowan columnist of the boston globe right here on the john DePietro show propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401-885-4209 in massachusetts you can reach them at 508 508- propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe and dan The gates are open. The doors are open. Early voting starts today. The day is finally here. Primary is not till September 13th. Um, I I think this early voting thing, I'm going to stick with my prediction. I think it's having a major effect on how the campaigns operate, how the voting is going to go. I have to admit, I am surprised Get your thought that here we are uh, three weeks out and Governor Dan McKee, you know, this week laying low mostly has COVID, but sometimes it's not a bad idea to just take a quick uh, break and then no one can challenge. No one's saying, let's see the COVID test. But anyhow, taking a little pl- a page out of the Biden playbook that if you're <laughs> hiding, you, they, they're not hitting you. But um, he is actually in a very good position right now. He's leading in the latest Channel 12 poll. He's got a lot of money. He's got all the endorsements. The laborers are pouring money in. He's His commercials he continues to be the most creative so far with the commercials. Um, right now, I, I think he, he is in the best possible position that he could be in.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we joke about kind of hiding or, you know, there's no good time to get COVID, as you know and as I know. Uh, but if there's ever a time where it might actually, you know, help him to some degree, I think you're right. I think, you know, he the, the less he has to kind of step in front of a – you know, relatively small crowds at these candidate forums, they're all in some ways, they're all like, you know, uh, landmines for for somebody like him, right? He he does not want to step in it, he doesn't want to make a mistake, he doesn't want to say something, you know, make a promise he can't necessarily deliver on or anything like that. And so, you know, getting a week off essentially to, to not have to kind of attend these things. Now he still gets criticized. But you almost give him a little bit of sympathy, right? You start right. to say, "Well, all the I think the journal kind of the way they presented the story on you know a forum yesterday was all the candidates bashed him while he was home with COVID." Yeah, um, that you know, in some ways, I think it does inject a little bit of sympathy for for the incumbent and and i do think you know he's out with another commercial that I, to me is a home run yeah um you know he, he's never going to be the most creative person but he's got you know he did the mother commercial which yeah. i think most people liked and then this latest commercial is is just a really good one you know tears up the car tax bill yeah. um he's sounds- doing
0: these who's doing these ads for him
1: you know, it's a it's a firm out of D.C. He initially fired, huh. uh, you wow. know, a major Democratic firm. And then yeah. he kind of went with a different version. I'm not sure the name of it, but huh. they're Bloody doing a nice job. You know what?
0: They understand him. And I believe put him in, you know, you go back to Raimondo and the family riding through the city on their bicycles and so forth. But, you know, different things. But this, they've captured him. And to me, they've kind of kept him in, in a lane that he's comfortable
1: the, not only have they done that, they've also because of the way this race has kind of shaken out yep. now with three weeks to go with people already voting right now, people are yep. voting wow. uh, as you and I speak. Uh, he hasn't had to go negative, right? No. He hasn't had to, you know, do the attack on anybody yet. He may be able to run this race right to the end with kind of positive, favorable ads when you do that, it means you're not under attack. It means yeah. you're you know you're not actually facing a deep threat. It's why I think he feels like he's got the momentum. Now I do think it's going to be interesting. I mean they're they're going to do a Channel Twelve live debate. I believe it's going to be at Rhode Island College um, in a couple of weeks. And you know right before voters head to the poll, I think the week before that's going to be a really interesting moment because that's going to be where gonna be the last chance to kind of do what the mayoral candidates didn't do last night it's gonna be the chance to stand out uh you know Felina Folks is gonna is gonna ever take off she's gonna have to really kind of come across as both the best candidate and also bring her opponents down you know Nellie Gorbea same thing in in this situation where Nellie Gorbea feels very good and she's been able to kind of you know, slide along, but Nellie Grobet has to break out, right? She has to get votes from both Matt Brown and Helena folks. If she's going to actually get over the finish line, Dan McKee, maybe a little bit of the Brett Smiley strategy is going to try to kind of kneel, kneel on the ball, right? It's just going to be, you know, run up the middle, don't fumble, don't make mistakes, but that will be that last chance to kind of really kind of show him up and give voters a choice.
0: Dame McGowan, what, what do you make of the uh, the situation, you know, with Nellie Gorbea? Someone made an interesting point to me of just that the problem with both her and Helena Folks is that they both seem to think they could be wrong, but that if they if they start going after McKee, that, it, it, you know, if Folks does it, it could help Gorbea. Yeah. If Gorbea does it, it could help Folks. And they both seem to, it's like a game of chicken. They're both kind of stuck there, but... What what do you make of that? That is pretty dramatic. What she posted on her website with the, I know it's kind of inside, but the red box that that is about as blatant as it can be. And even the 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 National Common Cause tweeted yeah. out how here is the Secretary of State doing this.
1: This is yeah. This isn't for for listeners out there. I mean, this is the sort of blatant new strategy in, in politics where they don't even, the candidates don't even hide. Hey, we want you to steal this content we're giving you. And, and this is for super PACs for outside expenditures. And we want you to take it and then turn it in, you know, spend money on it, put it on TV with commercials or negative ads to go out, you know, the other people, um, and, that, and that's what, you know, Nellie Gourbet is not even hiding from the fact that that's exactly what she is trying to do. Now you can't coordinate with those, um, you know, with those outside groups, even place like Emily's List, which has endorsed Nellie Gourbet, and she can tout the endorsement, but she can't say, Hey, Emily's List, I need you to do an ad that says Helena folks donated right. to, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell. She can't do that. They can come up with it themselves, but, and that's how you do it. You know, I think the, the controversy around it, it's a little in the weeds. I saw, I think, Ken Block, yeah. you know, had an op-ed oh, where he yeah. was very critical. But that, that part of it doesn't matter. It just shows you, you know, how concerned uh, I think Gorbea is to kind of finish this race out, to try to, you know, get a little bit of an injection of outside money. And to your point, you know, there are everyone's now – you know, you almost run out of time where where yeah. you have this this situation where you you know you're you no know, everyone's kind of looking at each other trying to figure out you know what's my path to victory um, now you know you it, it is it may be fairly straightforward you could see a scenario where Dan McKee gets 30 31% where Nelly Gorbea does nothing else gets 25 26% Helena Folks gets 18 to 20% and you know and the rest get you know a little bit less than that that's right. And boom, Dan McKee is the governor. I mean, if, yeah. if something doesn't change in this race, it's going to be really hard to defeat to, to defeat uh, Dan McKay.
0: Uh, folks, who with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and, and Dan to be a fly on the wall in the folks campaign? I'm always the most fascinated when they have a lot of resources. She spent a lot of money, but they you know, I mean, they can't feel I don't they can't feel good. They did some kind of community function with Mayor Lorza last night. What, what do you think is going on in, in the folks' campaign? And, you know, you and I early on talked about neither one of us, except for I think it was even NBA basketball, were watching a lot of television. Right. I, I felt that's not how you reach people now. She poured a ton of money in television. Her, she got an initial bump, but nowhere near it would have been maybe in the past. Um, wh- where are they right now? Because if the, if the clock is ticking on any campaign, it's that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you, they have not figured out this consistent message that works for her. It's why, you know, the best way to know that a candidate doesn't have a message or doesn't have a message that they think works is when they try 20 different things. Right. Uh, You know, and, and you, if you look, go look at her commercials in roadmap last week, I did a, just a breakdown. I linked to every single television commercial of all the candidates in the race. And if you just look at it, you know, it, you could say, look, this, this shows you I'm the most substantive candidate because I've got a plan for, you know, housing and for schools and for, you know, yada, yada, getting more jobs, all that kind of stuff. The problem with that is that the truth is, you know, any any advertising executive would tell you, no, you know, we need people to focus and you need and you need people to kind of be able to identify who you are, what you're about, you know, in the span of an elevator ride. And what you have not seen from her, it, 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 you know, is, is come up with that consistent message that I think, you know, resonates with Rhode Islanders. So you're right. She's got all this money. She's had all these ads. She's paid all the big time consultants. But, you know, I mean, you're you're at a point in this race where, you know, you're calling a uh, child you know, care forum with Mara Lorza with huh. you know, six hours notice because you're yeah. just looking to get in front of people. I mean, she's not even getting in front of enough people at this point. And they have not, you know, I think in hindsight, the the story of the Helena Folk's campaign, if she doesn't win, you're gonna hear, well, you know, she was she she thought about running for six months. She got in six months too late. I think the real thing is nobody has figured out just how, what the message that works for her. Cause just simply, if you talk to the, I, I always say I, I refer to these people as the elites, but let's say the Gina Raimondo crowd there, they all say, Dan, how can you not see that? She's clearly the best candidate. She's right. the most like Gina. The problem with that is nobody cares about, you know, what, what you see in, you know, in a candidate. I think the, the, the these people that are you know so hung up on this idea of kind of repeating history with with somebody like Gina Raimondo, um, you know, just are just missing what the electorate is looking for. Instead, you know, you get a governor who certainly isn't the most popular person in the world, but he's got these good ads. He's pretty consistent. You know, gave away lots to the unions to get the endorsements. Uh. You know, so that sort of thing works for them. You know what he is even to some degree, you know a little bit about Nellie, because she's at least been in office for eight years. Lena, folks, it's just, it's really hard to define her right now.
0: Hey, McGowan, what I've heard, two things. Number one is inside the canteen. Every time someone thinks they have a good idea, it's then shot down with, no, you can't do that, because this would offend this group or that group. And even, you know, there was McKee campaigning with Speaker Joe Saccacci. Now, that's at least, you know, a good jab that it's, it's all insiders and it would actually be accurate. But now we don't want to offend uh, Speaker Sakachi. Okay. You know, people forget. I remember watching when Raimondo was on stage with Angel Tavares. She took it to him with economic malaise, empty Superman building, and her famous line, do you see cranes in the sky? Right. Uh, Helena, folks, I, I, I don't, I just, you know, you wonder, that as we said, the clock is ticking down, not getting in front of people. But here's the question for you, Dan McGowan. Is are they going to do like we're about to find out like ramondo to me is a very competitive individual that if it had to go nuclear would go nuclear. Is, is she is the fire there like I will do anything to get over the finish line or at this point is it almost preparing to just lose gracefully.
1: I think it's I think it's the latter. Um, I do not think you're going to see her. Uh, you know, go go nuclear, let's say, and really try to go, you know, scorch the earth kind of thing, and 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 you know, try to pull ahead in this race. Uh, and and to your point, I mean, you just made a really important and valuable point to to you know about what's happening, you know, behind the scenes in these campaigns, particularly hers. Every single time somebody says, "Hey, guys, we got to go negative. We need to we need to you know bring these guys these other candidates down." Somebody says, "Well, if you go negative." It means it looks like you're part of the problem, you know, you're part of the institution. Then to your point, you, you want to be the outsider candidate? All right, let's criticize him for having all the inside support. Yeah. And then somebody says, wait a minute, I like Joe Shikarchi. He's a nice guy, right? I mean, that's literally how this thing plays out. And don't think that, you know, the, either Gina Raimondo or, you know, people very close to her you know, aren't weighing in on this. Remember, Josh Karchin, and Raimondo are very close. Yeah, that's so right. So nobody wants to offend. They would love a situation. They This would be a great race for them if Buddy Cianci was the mayor of Providence and yeah. you could very easily just attack Providence. Right. They don't want to do that. They don't want to go after, you know, the Senate president who you could attack as oh. kind of a long time incumbent yes. and, and all that stuff. They just don't want to do it. And, and here's where you are. You're just sitting there kind of on the fence. You're going to, you know, you're 14, 15 percent in the polls. Maybe you get to 20. But I think they're much more content with, um, you know, with kind of riding this thing out and, and probably coming in a relatively distant third than they are. I, I would say they're more likely to do that than they are to, you know, really blow this thing up and kind of just bring everybody down with them.
0: Yeah. Before we take a break, if we go back to, you know, everything kind of rever- reverts back to high school. The problem with Helena, folks, is McKee right now, to me, seems like the confident senior. She seems like kind of the unsure freshman sophomore yeah. that I bet a lot of this sounds good. But the, the fact of the matter is she just in her gut doesn't know because she's never done it before. Um, I would even argue. I mean, I said from the beginning, should have run as an independent could have been much easier like uh, you know the whole system's broken i'm going to be the fixer that's what i do or at the very least hire a republican consultant someone yep. that would be different because she's just getting the same song lyrics that, that the other two are getting um no question she's a very competent individual i know I, I ran into some you know different people i know when you meet her someone went to one of her functions clearly very personally you see you get it why she's been so successful absolutely not translating i can't believe helena folks is on the verge of losing to dan, dan mckee because Dan McGowan. i mean she's the female executive she's an unbelievable success story she was killing it at cbs and she's gonna get beat by, by the guy that barely beat ruggenberg lieutenant governor that junior right. ramundo would not let him on the stage till she was ready to hand him the keys to the office i mean it's just you'd never appear this you'd never see this if this was like you know the old apprentice with trump she wins seven days a week i, I just wow it is, yeah
1: and here's the thing that that ends up you know playing out here is the for all the missed opportunities that helena folks has had is this the opening for somebody like ashley calis in the general yes. election to yes. kind of get another chance i mean i remember talking to some of her advisors early on and you know when she was first kind of coming around this is Kalis, who i'm talking about they said Look, be great if we got Dan McKee yes, in the general that's election what they want. because yeah. we'll run, we'll run the the Helena Folks campaign that's again. Right. We'll we'll run it back. Yes. and and you're right that that could be and she could come across as you know the the person who is gonna very clear. I mean, one credit to Ashley Kalis. she she shows up at all these forums. She does, she does offer the you know an alternate you know an alternate voice, and she offers kind of a difference. Um and I think that that will be compelling. I mean, she's shown, she's proven she's gonna spend money, she's gonna be a credible candidate here. Um, and I think she would love to get a race with with Dan McKee, more so probably than Helena Folks, because then it's just two oh, candidates yeah. who are both outsiders. Um, and you know, becomes a national spending race. I, I think she loves the matchup uh with, with she McKee. Does.
0: that's the one they want, and that's why they say they were even holding their fire with all the FBI ads and everything. Yeah. The, the $3,000 bonuses, Tony Silva, all that stuff, because why not just save it for the general? Folks, quick break. Watch more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John The Show. J Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving The Centerdale Revival. Stop it and see them comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Centerdale Revival. Located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Right in Centerdale. Right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food. Delicious drinks. Live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew. They're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all. At the Centerdale Revival. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. Dan, you also had a good column, some of the top matchups that we're looking at. Because, I mean, the window is open. Early voting starts today, this Wednesday. And if you wouldn't mind, just some of the top races. I think, I mean, to me, that Sam Bell-Salvatore race is really one to watch. But there's some other really good Democrat primaries. And, of course, the treasurer race. That, that's this is the best treasurer race, I think, maybe that the state's <laughs> ever seen in a primary.
1: You know, it's by far the best treasurer. I mean, they're actually, those two candidates, James Diosa and Stephen Pryor, they actually don't like each other, right? No, they, they, they They truly dislike each other. And so, you know, you're able to, you've got a, a you know, Stephen Pryor, who's you know the the Yale-educated guy who's who's very clearly not, you know not hiding at all from the fact that he doesn't think James Diosa is qualified to do this job. Yeah. And then you've got James Diosa's is kind of doing the parochial thing of saying, look, this this these outsiders that come here and they swoop in, they try to win our elections. Shame on them. It's it's a very interesting uh, uh you know race, especially for for something that you know, nobody's paying attention to the treasurer's race. You know until the minute you go into the the, the ballot box but there is at least some level of you know back you know back and forth they're fighting there's negative ads things going on there's there's actually kind of some uh tension in that race yeah there are a bunch of uh little races the fun thing about this and for listeners out there we'll, we'll tell you about how to get roadmap in a second i'm doing a contest i've been doing it for weeks about uh just pick every primary winner both republican and democratic primaries for all the general assembly races, all the statewide races, and then Providence mayor, about 40, 50, some odd races you can pick. We're going to give, you know, uh, after the primary, we're going to give prizes away for the winners, things like that. The cool thing that I get to do is I get to see all the hundreds of responses that are, you know, that are coming into my inbox all the time. And so I can actually look at these races and see, oh my God, you know, basically that treasurer's race is 50 50 uh you know that that's that's not pulling yeah it's not polling necessarily but it shows you where people are you know and people are a little confused and you see a couple of statewide races you mentioned that salvatore sam bell you know senate race that's a very i mean that's hardcore progressive versus uh you know salvatore who is the you know he's the pick of the senate president he's a much more moderate candidate that's an that is happens to be also my Senate district, so it's wow. very you know I'm watching it play out right in front of me, and that one's close, man. I got to tell you one thing about Sam Bell. A lot of your listeners would probably say, "Wait a minute, he's a socialist, he's crazy." He's a great campaigner, fantastic he's just, campaigner, he's very Ferocious. good. This speaks yep. both he and his wife are bilingual, speaks yeah. fluent wow. Spanish, so that uh. works on the doors, those kind of things. Uh, I'll tell you, Sam Bell literally knocked on my door the other wow. day, and. And we talk for 15-20 minutes and he he has a good composure to him. It's not yeah. like the bomb throwing that you see maybe in the Senate chamber, no. things like that. A couple other races, and we've all heard about this race of the Johnston Cranston state representative, where there's uh Cartolillo, uh rep Cartolillo's running against his nephew um that's a, a just a fun kind of local yeah. town story uh there are these couple of open seats remember there's that carlos Tabones not running yes. in Pawtucket after the yep. scandal at channel 12 exposed you got a big race there four candidates uh you know really close in, in those ones so you do have a, a you know a handful of races that are are pretty interesting you know they the the thing that i get to do like i said is just i get to see you know that that the, the people who are submitting these entries they just don't know how to pick them so you've got some good ones that treasurer's race though i think it takes the cake i think it's the most interesting race we've got on yep. an issue as i said before that just generally we don't know what the treasurer does other than kind of protect our money and make sure the pensions get paid out
0: and Dave McGowan, what do you think of i mean i i hear from listeners that you know dominic ruggiero knocked on my door i haven't seen the guy in you know, 15 years, and all of a sudden there he is, the Senate President, campaigning, knocking on my door, and Speaker Joe Sakachi going up on television.
1: I know. (laughs) Wow. Well, here's the two, two, there's a big difference between those two for lots of reasons. You know, Joe Sakachi's never had an opponent before, so he's he, in some ways, is what you would say is running scared. Not because he thinks he's going to lose, but because he doesn't want to. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to embarrass. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. He doesn't want to have a five point race. Um, and I think interestingly, in that race, what you see, if you're going to beat the Senate President, if you're going to beat the Speaker of the House, you have to run against the the office, right? You have yeah. to run against the Speaker. In Warwick, what you still see is a lot of people know Joe shikarchi I mean, this place is littered with Joe shikarchi signs all over, yeah. up and down, everywhere. So right now in that race, you know, uh, the Jackie Anderson, I believe her name is, is the you know nurse progressive that's running. The problem for her is she's running against Joe. She's not running against the speaker. Right. In in North Providence, there there's danger there for the Senate President because. Yeah. Uh, Lenny Seau is, in fact, running against the yeah. office. He's running yeah. against the entrenched incumbent Senate president. I
0: see his signs.
1: Yeah, they're I see there. His
0: signs, big time.
1: Yeah, I mean, now, remember, they they redrew that district that took out all of Providence where Donnie <laughs> Ruggiero lost last time. So, you know, there's a chance that you and I are talking September 14th, and we say, boy, you know, Ruggiero won by 15 points. Of course he did. But – you're absolutely right. Look, the president is knocking doors. He's working, you know, yeah. way harder than he has ever had to work ever. before. And yeah. you do have, uh, you know, there are going to be neighborhoods in North Providence that are going to vote for uh, the the challenger there.
0: Yeah, folks. Now you hear us mention roadmap? And I'm just, I'm telling the listeners, you are cheating yourself if you're not getting it, especially over the next couple of weeks when it's real prime time. This guy is breaking news left and right. And McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind to extend the offer to everyone who's listening.
1: Yeah, John, John you're right. This is the time to sign up oh. because I got to tell you, in December, right before Christmas, I will probably mail it in a couple of days where, where we might not have the most interesting Right now, nonsense. you could go
0: twice a day if you wanted to. No pressure, but you could go twice a day. If you Believe wanted. me, that's so it,
1: but, but we want to do that. So we'll talk about, we can talk about that sometime, but you're okay. right. So here for folks out there, very simple, very free. Send me a blank email. You don't have to do anything other than send a blank email to ri news at globe.com, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning.
0: Folks, he is Dan McGowan. Dan, keep up the great work. The season has begun. Polls, the drop boxes are open, Early voting, and uh, we'll talk to you again.
1: You stay safe out there, John.
0: I will. Thank you. Talk soon. See ya. Home again, consignment. Located, Governor Francis Shopping Center, fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry, buy, sell, or sell in consignment, and estate sales are provided. It's home again consignment. Call John, 401-463-3310. Again, located right in Warwick in the Governor Francis Shopping Center. Home again consignment.